You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M, and today, let's give a little bit of praise to Jimbo Fisher. I know it's very scary to do, and I know a lot of people don't want to hear it, but Fisher's actually been a very sound coach in his three years at College Station. And while people maybe don't see him that way, if you look at the history of AM, he's one of the better coaches. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality-sounding podcast, Monday through Friday, give me a follow, and I will put it in the repertoire. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th Man related content found here on LOP. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day. Every single day is at Locked on Aggies Podcast Day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. So Jimbo Fisher yesterday had his press conference, and we usually break down his press conference here on Locked on Aggies every Tuesday because if it's something to talk about, it's something to bring up, it gives me something and content-wise. And, it, and it, it's one of those days where I can literally go back and I can reserve myself and really think about what was said and use that for a 24-minute podcast. I don't know if any of you guys know how hard it is to continue to come up with content day in and day out, but you can't just always go back to recruiting. You can't always just talk about the game in every single way. You have to find different stories. So this is one that's a constant. And people have asked me throughout the time, and I always bring up a positive on Monday. Something positive that Jimbo Fisher either said, or something positive Jimbo did, or something the team did. And a 20-7 to victory is not a positive win in anything. I mean, don't get me wrong. A win's a win, but it's not a positive win. But I asked myself, and people ask me, how can you still support Jimbo when he does that? Well, I can give you this one just off the bat. He's 2-1 and one against his rival. He has beaten LSU two years. He beat him in his first year in 2018. Yeah, it took seven overtimes to get there, but he won the game, and he won. I don't know how much people understand how important that rival game is, but it's cost coaches jobs in college, in the NFL, at high schools. If you cannot beat your rival, not every year, but some years, you're on the hot seat. Gene Chizik won a national title for uh, Auburn in 2010. He had the incredible comeback game with Philip Lutz and Kirkins catch and Cam Newton's run. That was his only win against a- I mean against Alabama. What happened the next two years after that? Right before he got fired. He lost both games and one was a complete and total bloodbath. He was gone. Gus Malzahn has some of the craziest wins over Nick Saban. He has kick six. He has last season with a three-second runoff that should have been there. But he wins those games. He's beaten Saban three times. Jimbo Fisher has won twice against Ed Orgeron, against the LSU Tigers. You know who never beat LSU? Kevin Sumlin. You want to know why Kevin Sumlin didn't beat LSU? Because LSU was good? Yeah, but he also couldn't handle that big game. 
And eventually things caught up to him, and it ultimately led to his firing. But everyone's going, but Cole, Cole, how can you not defend Jimbo when he can't beat Alabama? Name a team that can. Name a team right now in the SEC that can beat Alabama. I'll wait. I'll sit here all day and wait. Because there's not one. The, the team that has looked the best against Alabama this season is Ole Miss and A&M. And it was a sloppy performance from Alabama's defense. And it was a great showing from Ole Miss's offense. The most balanced team was A&M. Couple big plays, couple stops, ended up getting touchdowns. That's just kind of how the game went for the Aggies. But those are Alabama's best two games on the resume of the year. Ole Miss. They decapitated Missouri. They clobbered the Wildcats. They kicked the living teeth out of Mississippi State. They destroyed every other opponent this year. A&M, yeah, it was a big win. But it was at least a little bit interesting. You can't say the same thing for Auburn. Auburn had three drives this past game. They had a they allowed a touchdown. They had a punt. They allowed another touchdown. Game over. End of story. Then you have AM and what Jimbo Fisher's done. In the three years that he's been there, 45-23, 47-28-52-24. They're not great games. But they are games. Think about this. When Kevin Sumlin was there. There was one time. It was close. Outside of the 29-24 game. 2013, it was 62-49. Next year, it was 59-0. Next year, it was 41-23. Next year, it was 33-14. Then it was 27-19. That was closest game. That was closest game. Since these two have been in the SEC. Outside of the 29-24. Fisher is at least making it interesting. In the in the game this past year against Alabama, it was fourteen to seven at halftime. I mean, at, at the fir- at the end of the first quarter, it was also then twenty one fourteen, and then it went off, and then after that, it was all Alabama. I brought this up on a podcast that I was on earlier this week, and I'm going to bring this up here too. Stop measuring success based off of Nick Saban in Alabama. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, A&M fans, to SEC fans in general. Until he retires, everyone every year is fighting for second place in the SEC. Kirby Smart has done his part to make it look like he can contend for number two in the SEC. Dan Mullen has done his part to make it work as the number two team in the SEC. And in year three of the Jimbo Fisher era, with the majority of his players on the roster, Jimbo Fisher has made it work to where he could be the number two team in the SEC. And unfortunately, unfortunately, that's the way it goes. Every year, you'll see a freak team come out. This past year, 
Everyone's talking about Cincinnati. Oh my God, Cincinnati doing so amazing things. Or Notre Dame. Notre Dame joins a conference and they're immediately a contender. Can they stay in the conference after this year? Make, make Notre Dame stay in the ACC at this point. It happens time and time and time again. Last year it was LSU. This year it's Notre Dame. It's Cincinnati. They get a big win over somebody. And then we think, oh my God, this is the new powerhouse. No. Because you know what's going to happen on Saturday when LSU faces off against Alabama? Bloodbath. They lost at their home turf last year. And they're going to go out there and they're going to go into Baton Rouge. And they're going to crush them. They're going to demoralize. They're going to decapitate. They're going to relinquish all hell as payback for last year. But LSU is the national champion. Yeah, well, I guess what? A&M won 20-7. And they really should have won 20 to nothing. But you know what? I'll give them that last touchdown. Jimbo Fisher is 2-1 in rivalry games. And we're talking about him as having to have a buyout already. Because what? Because he's not in the college football playoff conversation. He finally is this year. If you wait for things to happen, good things come. And I'm really tired of hearing people go, Oh, Jimbo, he's overrated. He's all this. You know what? Maybe he's a little overrated in the sense of, okay, he's not Nick Saban. There's one coach in the in college football right now who's even in spitting distance of Nick Saban. It's Dabo Sweeney. You want to go get Dabo? Offer him a check you can't refuse and get him out of South Carolina. Take that buyout money that you were going to give to Jimbo Fisher and give it to Dabo Sweeney. Have all this money from boosters. Have everyone come... Pile together and donate all this cash. So Dabo Sweeney leaves college, leaves Clemson, South Carolina, and comes down to College Station. So that way he can lose to Nick Saban. Be happy with what you have. You're not there yet. You're a lot closer than a lot of people probably thought AM ever would be going into the ninth year in their in their tenure in the SEC. You're finally a contender for an SEC title. But you got to get past Alabama. And it infuriates me how people are belittling the coaching job and the success I've seen from Jimbo Fisher. It's astounding how many people want to complain about Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, he has a couple losses. Yeah, he's never won an SEC title. Let's break down, in his tenure, who's won the SEC title. Alabama and LSU. And what did both of them do that year? They went to the national title game. And what happened the year before? It was Georgia. After that, let's take a look. Who's won the national, who's won the SEC year in and year out since then? Alabama, Alabama, uh, Alabama, Auburn, Alabama, LSU, Auburn, Alabama. Alabama's won six times. We're talking about this guy as if we need to get a buyout already for him when Alabama has won more than plenty of SEC titles in the past, what is it now, 10 years? I mean, since 2012, they've been they've almost been every, every year. There's been a few times. Auburn's been once against Missouri, and there was the time that um, Auburn went against Georgia and the time LSU went. Every other year, they've been in the SEC title game. This is not a Jimbo Fisher thing. This is a Nick Saban is better than everyone else thing. 
Be happy with what you have because I promise you what you have is working and I've had it with people complaining about Jimbo Fisher's philosophy. You're not number five. You're number five in the freaking country. You are number five in the country. Be happy you're number five. Because if after the way that they played on Saturday, you could make an argument they deserve to be number six behind Florida. Sometimes in life, you have to hit your reset button. And with the way the world is today, you always feel like you're on the go, go, go. Nonstop expectations are made to be on 24-7. That's why when I recommend you sit down and relax, grab a beer that's literally made to chill. And that's Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on this fall, Saturdays are made for your time to chill. Even if your team isn't playing this year, there are still plenty of teams and sports on TV that you can sit back and use an excuse to chill and drink a beer. Watching football is therapeutic to fans because it's uninterrupted me time, an excuse to chill and kick back with an ice cold one. Plus, for the great people of Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado, their beers are cold lagered, cold filtered, cold pressed. They're literally made to chill. And it's crisp, as refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that's literally made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And always remember, celebrate responsibly. Guys, if you didn't know this, Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Now, you know the Built Bar promos from the past, 12 original flavors including coconut, almond, raspberry, German chocolate, cake, and peanut butter. But now with six new flavors including combinations like apple almond crisp, lemon almond cheesecake, and caramel brownie, you have a delicious treat to meet your needs. These protein bars are more like candy bars because of their soft and easy to chew and covered in 100% real chocolate. They're great for the health conscious guy because they can help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat instead of a salty snack. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high in fiber, and great for someone on the keto diet. I cannot put down the cookies and cream because of 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. I'm not going to find a product like this anywhere else out on the shelves. And when you go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking about things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you like quality podcasts surrounding your favorite sports teams? If so, why not listen to a Locked On Podcast? The Lockdown Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB, and highlight information to get you geared up and win your fantasy sports league. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify. If you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockdownPodcast.com. As I do on most Wednesday shows, I recap exactly what the college football playoff rankings look like, and if you want the honest truth, nothing changed. Hate to be the bearer of bad news, A&M fans, but nothing changed. Top four teams remain the same as Alabama cruises in at number one. Notre Dame cruises in at number two. Then you have Clemson State at number three and Ohio State come in at number four, even though they did not play this weekend. But a fun fact that we're going to talk about a little bit today is A&M actually almost made the conversation. So after the college football playoff rankings were announced, you had Gary Barta, the college football playoff chairman, speak to reporters on a conference call talking about the new top 25 rankings. And there was no change in the top six, as I mentioned, but they started talking a little bit about the Aggies and the Gators, who both sit at five and six respectively with one loss. And here's what Barta had to say. Well, it matters. It definitely is one of the criteria that we use to evaluate. Both teams, they both with one losses. Texas A&M's only losses to Alabama. They beat Florida, as you mentioned. Most recently, last week, you watched the Kentucky game that Florida played, and it was the first half that really Kentucky was playing well in. Florida eventually pulled away. Texas A&M, again, continued to play a great defense. 
when you go through all the criteria at the end of the day, I would say there was a lot of difference back and forth. Kyle Pitts is back in Florida. He had three touchdowns. That's a difference maker. At the end of the day, Texas A&M, with all of those other criteria, Texas A&M did beat Florida. That ends up tipping it over to Texas A&M's side. So again, people have been talking nonstop to me about, well, what do you think of the rankings? How can we say this? How can we do this? How can A&M not be in the top four yet? I mean, they're, they're playing good football. Well, that question was also answered. When asked about Ohio State's situation because they did not play this past weekend, there was the discussion of why A&M should be in the fourth spot. Here's what Barta had to say. We don't ever go through and take an official vote. What I can tell you is there was a discussion in the room about putting both Ohio State and Texas A&M in that fourth slot. As I mentioned on the show earlier, the firepower and explosiveness of Justin Fields and Master Teague and Garrett Wilson, all those offensive weapons, the fact that they did beat the number 12 team the last time they played, it was discussed that they played four and Texas A&M played seven. That was certainly discussed. When it comes to Texas A&M's defense is what the committee sees as most impressed by when they watch the Aggies. They have a heck of a defense. They beat number six Florida. They only lost to Alabama. The committee does continue to keep an eye on Texas A&M offense. That game against LSU, 20-7. When those teams were put side by side this morning last night, there just wasn't enough to put Texas A&M ahead of Ohio State. Great discussion. But Ohio State came in at number four and came in at number five for Texas A&M. I don't know how much blatantly more I can say this. This is not an insult on A&M. The college football playoff committee is definitely making considerations for the Aggies. And the Aggies are in a very good spot right now. Think about this for about five seconds. They're in a great spot. They're number five. Who does Florida have to play as the number six seed? Number one, Alabama. Alabama is likely going to win that game. You do not get in the college football playoff this year with two losses. End of discussion. You just don't. You have Notre Dame taking on Clemson. Clemson's defense was okay this past weekend. They've been okay the past few games. Trevor Lawrence really is the story. I mean, it's it's Trevor Lawrence's story. I think also, you have this to consider. If Notre Dame does lose, but Ohio State only has five games on their year instead of the eight, you're not going to put a 5-0 team in over a 9-1 team. It just doesn't add up. Because then what you're saying is, all those games that Cincinnati played, out the door, doesn't matter. All those games that BYU played, undefeated, out the door, doesn't matter. And an Indiana team. That maybe can finish 7-1 in their conference play. Doesn't matter. Out the door. Nope. Nope. Not even a question. You're not even in the top 10. Bye-bye. Iowa State playing dang good football with two losses. They win the Big 12. They won their conference. They they, they are there. If they win the conference, they won the Big 12. First time in school history. Don't they deserve to go to the playoffs? No, Ohio State does because Ohio State has Justin Fields. And Justin Fields could be the Heisman winner. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Crap. I'm telling you right now, the biggest reason why Texas A&M is not sitting at number four today is because the way the offense looked. You cannot be playing anymore. 
to where 54% of your production comes from one player and it's a running back. It's a running back. I don't mean to be rude. I don't mean to be mean. I love Isaiah Spiller. But in today's NFL college football realm, your production has to come from under center. The reason Ohio State is number four is because Justin Fields before AM, I mean before Indiana, had not had a turnover, had more touchdowns than incompletions, and looked the part of Heisman front runner. Kellen Mond had a crap game, and they're number five for it. Nobody gives a crap about defensive performances. People care about offense. And the way the offense played, where they got seven points. You take away Seth Small, you take away Buddy Johnson, that game goes to overtime at 7-7. It's not what you want. You can't have that and be the number four team according to the college football playoff committees. So now you know what you got to look for this upcoming weekend against Auburn. Now you know. And that is why A&M is still unranked. There's a new head coaching opening in the SEC. We already saw South Carolina. Let's talk about the Vanderbilt job. Who I think should be in the running for the position is Mike Elko, a name to watch for. Don't go anywhere. We'll be discussing all that in just a quick moment. Hey, Aggies fans. Cole Thompson here from Locked on Aggies telling you to tune into tomorrow's show where we discuss the top five names to watch for for Auburn. Who should the Aggies be prepping for? What numbers should be circled on the depth chart? And who should be in line to have a career day against A&M's defense, if any? Tune in tomorrow and tune in every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com or at LockedOnAggies.com. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes and Spotify. And make sure you're following us every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. As I mentioned multiple times, I think Mike Elko is getting ready to become a head coach somewhere in the NCAA realms. I think that maybe, just maybe, he could find a home at the next school I'm going to mention, and that's Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt recently fired Derek Mason after an 0-8 start for the program. He took over for James Franklin when he left for Penn State. It looked at one point that Vanderbilt was actually going to turn things around in the Derek Mason era. Then things went south. This past year, things went south. The most positive thing to come from college football this year came at Vanderbilt when Sarah Fuller made that squib kick in the second half against Missouri. Because if you got to see inclusion of all in that. But they need a new head coach. Do I think Mike Elko should be the next head coach at Vanderbilt? I think this is a better fit for him than it is South Carolina. Of the two... I would say Mike Elko going to Vanderbilt is a much better fit. Here's why. He spent a lot of time coaching in kind of that region. Now, he's never coached in Tennessee, but he has coached in North Carolina, which is where Wake Forest is located. He's also coached in Ohio, which is right above Kentucky, which is right above um, Tennessee. He's also coached a little bit in Arkansas. He's also coached a little bit in Pennsylvania, which is just a little bit past West Virginia, right above So he knows the area. I think between here and South Carolina, you're really fighting for recruits in South Carolina where you're not doing that as much, I think, in Vanderbilt. Because if you don't have to worry about the Clemsons and you don't have to worry about the UNCs with Mac Brown, you kind of are a little bit more stable. I do think, though, 
if given the opportunity to become a head coach, it would be at one of these other schools that I'm about ready to mention who could be up for a head coaching job right now. I think that if Jason Candle from Toledo got the head coaching job at um at Vanderbilt, he'd be a good fit for Mike Elko to kind of replace it. Candle's an offensive mind. The defense has been kind of the problem for the uh, for the Rockets the past few years. Last season, the team went six and six. They didn't get their first postseason bid since 2000, uh, 2012, way before uh, even uh, Matt Campbell took over the program. He was in the Matt Coach of the Year with an eleven and three record. He's kind of cooled off. I think Jeremy Chadwell, Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina. I think he's a better fit for South Carolina because if you look at what Chadwell's you know Chadwell's record is, he's been only pretty much in the entire South Carolina region outside of his time when he was the quarterbacks coach at um when he was a quarterback, my bad, at Eastern Tennessee State University. I think the other name to watch for, and this is a big name that I actually think would be a great hire, Will Healy. He is an up and coming guy. He was Austin Peavy's coach in you know right outside of Nashville. He took the governors from 0 and 11 to 8 and 4 in one year. He landed as the FCS National Coach of the Year. He's gone 9 and 9 at Charlotte in his two years. So that's not a number you really want to see, but I definitely see where that rise is coming from. I also think that you could go with Charlie Strong. Let me explain why Charlie Strong. I know he's not a head coach at any level right now. But he's been a defensive mind. And if you are going to continue that defensive scheme, he's one of the better defensive coaches in the league. He had a great stint when he was the coach at Louisville. He struggled at you know Texas. He was okay at South Florida. I'm not going to give him a lot of crap for South Florida. But he also was a defense coordinator on two national championship teams in 2006 and 2008 with Florida. So he knows the SEC very, very, very well. And that's something that you have to give him a lot of credit for. I think Barry Odom is another name to watch for. Barry Odom right now has taken one of the worst defenses in the SEC and completely transformed it around. He's completely turned Arkansas into one of the best programs he has. Now, he did get to be the head coach at his alma mater at Missouri. He finished 25-25 and 25 for those three and a half years there. And his record is 3-1 and one against Vanderbilt. So that one loss to Vanderbilt is a little bit of a stinger. But he does know how to beat Vandy, so he also knows how to beat other teams. Ultimately, though, the one team, if we're going to go crazy, and I mean we're going to go crazy, we're seeing the air raid offense return to the SEC. I want to see the ground and pound run system wishbone option to come here. I think Jeff Munkin from Army would be a really fun hire. He's had three straight winning seasons and bowl victories for Army. He touts a 47-38 and 38 record entering his seventh season. He was one of the best FCS coaches in the history of the FCS when he was at Georgia Southern. He's worked in the triple option offense under Paul Johnson. He's worked in the triple option offense under Ken Nilamuto, uh, Nemo Latello from Navy. If they're going to go with someone else, I think that if they're going to go crazy, Go bring the wishbone. Go bring the triple option back to the SEC. Bring back old school football. Vanderbilt, I'm going to tell you this right now. If you can be a great run team, you have a shot to be at least effective in the SEC. Mike Elko, I love him. I think he's going to be great wherever he goes. I honestly hope he ends up getting the Liberty job if Liberty does become available because if Hugh Freeze goes to a different college. 
But I just don't see Vanderbilt as his go-to option. But of the two, I do think Elko would fit better in Nashville than he would in Columbia. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're tuning in every single day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. Tomorrow, let's talk about Auburn. How good is Auburn? Who are the players that a needs to be looking out for? And what could be the biggest outcome or the biggest X factor for the Aggies? Make sure you tune in then. We'll see you then. And remember, take it y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.